Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. Pastor Dave Bretsch with the Beartown Road Alliance Church near Corning, New York, has some insights and analysis on the spiritual dimensions to this war. I spoke with him earlier today, and here's some of that conversation. Why is it so important for Christians to stay aware of what's happening in the Middle East right now? I think one of the reasons it's good to be informed is because there are about 47,000 Christian brothers and sisters living in Palestine, and a 46 6,000 in the West Bank, only about 1,000 Christians in the Gaza Strip, and there are about 185,000 Christians living in Israel. So I think first and foremost, we should think and consider our, our Christian brothers and sisters in the Middle East. I mean, the Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 6.10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And so we've got family members in the Middle East who we should pray for for, who are hurting, who are scared. If you're living in the region right now, you're scared. Mm. And when, when people are scared, they need comfort, they need prayer. It's also an opportunity for the tiny church of Israel and Palestine to be a blessing to the region. Yeah. You know, it's important to distinguish, too, and a lot of folks think about Israel. The state of Israel didn't exist till 1948. But this conflict that has been bubbling up since the beginning of time, this history between Jews and Arabs in what we refer to as the Holy Land. That goes back a long way. And a lot of folks don't know the story. But to understand what's happening right now, you've got to understand the root cause of this. If you don't mind, Pastor Dave, explain a little bit that ancient conflict between Jews and Arabs in the Middle East. Yeah, so you can read the Old Testament to discover where it all started. And then, of course, in the New Testament, Jesus predicted the destruction of the temple by the Romans and they came in and they scraped the temple off the temple mount they killed or displaced or enslaved over a million Jews. Uh, it was what I call the first Holocaust. It was devastating. Yeah. Now you fast forward to the early 1900s when Zionists or Jews said, you know, we have a right to the land. We're going to move back to the land. They emigrated back to the Holy Land to escape persecution. And then, of course, in 1947, after the Holocaust Holocaust, the new state of Israel was formed, the UN defined its borders, and then in 1948, Israel defeated Palestine and extended the original borders defined by the UN. So all that to say is in 1948, Israel got a good chunk of their land back, Palestine was assigned the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, and this was good for Israel, it gave them a sense of solidarity, protection, a refuge from persecution, it established a democracy in a tinderbox, what is hmm. the Middle East. But it wasn't so great for the hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who were literally evicted from their homes almost overnight. So that explains the conflict, right? There's always been conflict over this piece of real estate, hmm. and it has significantly escalated since 1948. And it's really bad in Gaza because you have this little 139 square miles, densely populated, water, fuel, electricity controlled by Israel, massive unemployment. Israel doesn't trust them, so they set up a blockade, and Hamas 
fought back, and that's what we had on October 7th, which yeah. the violence is extraordinary. That's that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Uh, many have referred to October 7th as Israel's 9-11. 1,400 yes. civilians slaughtered in their homes, uh, 200 hostages taken back into Gaza, where Hamas kind of runs the show. But I think it's really right. important here that we distinguish between Hamas and the Palestinian people. What gave birth, Dave, to Hamas? And uh, they don't represent the Palestinian people, do they? Most of them, anyway. That's correct. So Hamas is an acronym in Arabic for the Islamic resistance movement. So they do rule the Gaza Strip, which is a population of just under 2 million people. And their goal is to destroy the Jewish state and to establish an Islamic society in Palestine. In 1997, we, the United States, labeled them a terrorist organization. Now, do they represent the majority of Palestine? No. I had the great privilege to spend some time in the West Bank a couple of years ago. We spent seven days in Ramallah, the capital of the West Bank. We spent time with several Palestinian families, both Christians and Muslims. We did a Bible camp for about 100 children. Most of them spoke English. And even the Muslim families allowed us to teach their children the Bible. You know, we had dinner in the homes of many Palestinian families. We went to church with about 30 Palestinian Christians, and we sing the same worship songs, and we laughed and enjoyed fellowship. And, and they were good people, certainly not subscribing to Hamas's violent approach to the conflict. Yeah. One of the more tragic narratives to this story is just how much more suffering the Palestinian people are going to endure because right. of what happened on October 7th. We've got Iran now, which is flexing its muscle, the world's largest sponsor of terrorism, which has funded much of what happens with the Hezbollah guerrillas in the north and also Hamas in Gaza. Are you concerned that this will widen into a regional war involving other actors like Iran? And how do Christ followers view this in terms of biblical prophecy? Yes, I think there's absolutely a concern, but I do stick to, to Christ and my Savior and Scripture. And, and, you know, this was predicted, Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus spoke of the end times, he said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And he predicted persecution, that many of you will be handed over and put to death, and many will turn away from the faith and hate and betray each other, and there will be false prophets who will deceive many, and because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So, I know that God's number one priority in all of this is that the precious message of the gospel would be preached in the whole world, Hmm. and God often uses tragedy to get people's attention, and so we need to pray first and foremost to the Christians in this region. They're in the line of fire, right, both from rockets and the flaming arrows of the evil one. The greatest tragedy in Israel today is that the very land where Jesus walked, taught, died, and rose again, less than 2% of its people follow Jesus. And the percentage is about the same for Palestinians, that the vast majority of the people living in those lands are not looking to Christ. Paul told us to do good to all people, especially the family of believers. And so we need to lift up our Christian brothers and sisters in this part of the 
world that they can be the light of the world because we know that when things get darker, the brighter the light shines. That is Pastor Dave Bretch with the Beartown Road Alliance Church near Corning, New York. And this is the Noon Report on Family Life. 